I'm Braden Bales, and I'm hanging out with Rob on Front Row Live. What's up, guys? Rob here, Front Row Live Entertainment. I am finally hanging out with Braden Bales. I've been trying to get with you since your song first like popped off, really? and that thing's been on repeat. Uh, what, what was this last year or early this year? February, yeah. yeah, it was like such an, a beautiful song, and, and just the storyline behind it. I was just like, this guy is like talking about this like dream. This that you know a lot of people don't realize like us as music fans we don't realize that the trials and tribulations you go through mm -hmm. to be an artist to kind of like drop everything to be where you want to be yeah. talk to me about this track in particular and just like that writing process that really initially kick-started it for you um yeah thank you for that by the way um the writing process for that is really just i i go to the studio just with nothing in mind and i try to just make a song when i show up and that ended up being like the chorus for that song was the first thing that i spat out mm. And we caught that in the room and, and we decided, like, we just collectively decided, like, my, my first thought when I write something down is, excuse me, like, was that corny? And so <laughs> I, I thought, I originally thought the line, chronically cautious, was, yeah. like, maybe corny. And so um, the first half of the course, I kind of just wrote in my head in the room. And then we looked at it. And then my writer, Zach, was like, that's great. Let's keep going. And then we all shaped the song together to be what it is. But I don't know why or how that was the first thing that I thought of that day, but it was just, it was really instant. And we knew right away, like, okay, this song is special. And um, we didn't know how special it was, you know? And it seemed like this was the first time for you to write a song like this, like uh, this kind of like, this kind of theme, but also like sonically, I feel like vocally, you kind of challenged yourself during the process of this song. Um, what was it about it that like really had you uh, step out of your comfort zone instead of doing what you've been doing in the past? I think it was because I was in Nashville. Like I, I went from, I went from Toronto to Nashville for it was supposed to be two weeks, mm. and I was like trying to make it happen already outside of my comfort zone, yeah. and like living in Nashville, seeing all these artists doing it, and like that was really my thought was like, how will I actually make this happen? Because at the time I didn't know how I was going to end up um, living there or in LA with the work visa and all that situation where I was like this i was really seeing like this is going to be so difficult to make this actually happen and, and live the dream that i want to live and i think that all of that stress on my mind was what was what brought that out of me and, and made me go somewhere i've never gone before now leading up to where you're at today you have a signing you have a debut ep that just dropped you know you've really gone through the ringer trying to get to where you're at right now and you know for you as an artist and especially like a young artist um you you know you've gone through all the all these trials and tribulations but yet you still went through with it you still went through the motions what was it that really kept you going um even though there was no ROI in the beginning yeah um it's just i i think it's just the love for music like i i genuinely love being in the studio every day um i when i was learning how to make music i went to audio engineering school and i i made sure that i could always make music without any budget and so that really helped me keep going where I was producing all, like writing, producing, and mashing all my, all my stuff myself. Yeah. Um, that made it a lot easier to keep going because a lot of people have to pay for those services. And so for me, it was just, if I love music and I want to keep making it, I can. And I held, on to, I held on to the dream that I wanted to be in music whether or not I was an artist. And that really helped me out because I thought that that gave me not only one shot at it, but many because yeah. of the amount of projects that I wanted to work on. Now, this debut EP just dropped last week, Nomad EP. Um, 
all, all the songs on this are incredible. I love that you also added an acoustic version of this single. And, you know, for looking at the credits, like I see so many incredible names, Nick Bailey being one of them, like yeah. that you got to collaborate with. Like, how do these writers really like help you become a better songwriter during those sessions that you had with them? And like, how do you feel that you stepped out of your comfort zone in the writing process? That's a great question. I think it's just having people to bounce my ideas off of and the instant knowledge in the room of like, is this, do you understand this? Like, is this good? Is this bad? Like seeing how other writers write as well. Mm -hmm. I think being able to work with all these different people has really elevated my game because of just the tricks of the trade that get passed along. And like, I'm still very young. And a lot of these writers that I've been working with have been doing it for way more years than me. And that's let me watch how they do it, um, see their approach and like learn their tricks as I go. And Nashville, I find is really great for that because it's a very collaborative work environment. Yeah. So I feel like being in Nashville has really like elevated my game. You had an opportunity to also collaborate with Jutes, who yeah. I, I freaking love that guy. Like his music is incredible. The way that his cadence, his delivery is just incredible. So yeah. did did you see that kind of happening during the writing process? Like of him kind of like putting his way of like of doing his own music into into your music? And how did you kind of balance the two to create it in order to like still sound like Brayden and not like Jutes? That's a great question. It's it's less of a conscious effort when I'm in a session with people. And Jutes' sound is definitely in, in Fair With The Friends as well. Yeah. Um, but it, that that session really started with me and Jutes just kind of talking through. Like, he's a great listener. And so me and him were just talking through. Like, he was, he was just like, what's got you down? What's on your mind? And we spoke for like I've, like 30 minutes to an hour at the beginning of the session just like based on how I was feeling. It was kind of like therapy. <laughs> and we were able to like just right from there go into um, my own emotions and, and Jutes Jutes is, Jutes is really good at collaborating um, and helping you. Like, he helped me a lot write the song that I wanted to write while still, like, influencing it with his style. But it, it never felt like he was taking over, you know what I mean? And it was really good because since we talked about it so much at the beginning of the session, I always felt like it was my song and, and that, that, that we were both very clear on the messages that we're trying to convey. Yeah. And that um, kept it really authentic, I feel. Where were you vocally challenged during this EP? Um, definitely ROI. That, that is probably the hardest song vocally on the EP. However, uh, Fair With The Friends, when I sing it live, that's the most difficult one to sing live because at the end, I'm just out of breath. But um, recording-wise, ROI was definitely the hardest just because of how really up there it is and like the, the rasp. And the main vocal is actually three vocals. So I had to do the hard thing and yeah. then do it two more times. So that's definitely the hardest one. So did you come into this this recording process of the EP? Like, did you come into it thinking of the live show or did you like forget about the live show until you finally like got to test it out on a stage or even just at home? Yeah, I take it one step at a time. Like I, <laughs> I, I have a saying in studios sometimes where I'll say, um, if I can sing a song really comfortably, like one, one take all the way through, I'm like, I'll say, let's like boost it up two semitones and make it higher so that it's like, if it's difficult for me to sing live, that will prob that probably means it's like the maximum that I can do. Mm -hmm. And then we can get it take by take. And then I can always learn how to sing it live later. Yeah. But if it's difficult for me to sing live in the studio, that means that like it's the the desperation in the lyrics is really gonna come through and it's gonna sound like I'm really reaching for it. And I, I really like that sound. And as far as like that desperation, like I feel like you want to get that kind of uh, that kind of grit, like that first, that first initial take. So yeah. did you find yourself trying to keep that original demo tape for this EP or did you have to come back and kind of redo some of these vocals? I always try to keep the demo tape. So for the EP, they're all the day of, uh, vocals except for pick me up. That one was, um, not the day of just cause the mic was all screwy at first with, with the song. <laughs> um, but 
yeah, every song other than Pick Me Up on the EP, uh, the, the, the main vocal at least, the harmonies I'll do later, yeah. but the main vocal is from the day of, just because I find the emotion that you have right after you write it is the most emotion you'll feel for that song ever. Yeah. And so I, if I can avoid it, I never want to have to re-record anything. Yeah, that's a great point. And someone else has, I can't remember who told me, but someone else told me it's like that initial demo, like, they try and do the initial demo because they have nothing else to compare it to. And then if you keep trying it, now you have like 10 different things to compare it to and you're never going to really get the right one. Yeah, that's I, I totally feel that. And I, I get really strong demoitis where as soon as I hear it one way, I will always hear it that way. Yeah. And even if I re-record it, I'll be trying to sing it how I sang it that first time instead of just trying to sing the song for what it is. Yeah. So discovering your sound and and your your own kind of cadence. I know I mentioned like I love how Jutes does his deliveries with his music, but how did you go about as far as like discovering what your sound was all about and how you were going to deliver the lyrics, especially for something so personal like this one? Um, do you mean specifically for Fair with the Friends on that song? No, just just for your music in general. Yeah. Um I I find just I've been making music for a really long time and I kind of just try to make what feels what feels best in the room. And I'm very I'm very hands-on with my own writing. Yeah. And so I typically like to start the start the train and kind of get the ball rolling of like figuring out what the song's about, figuring out what it means to me and and kind of the feeling of it. And then um I'm not really concerned about preserving my sound because since I'm very hands-on, I feel like it just always will be. And I'm not as focused on making one specific sound. I'm focused on making the best song in the studio that day. Yeah. So, and then whatever that ends up being will be my sound. You know what I mean? I feel like I try to completely keep the end goal out of mind while I'm making the music and just focus on the feeling and just see where that takes me. I feel like in saying that, I feel like uh, social media really like opened the floodgates for you, like getting you introduced to labels, to like new music lovers as well. But at the same time, I feel like it's also a challenge because now you have this kind of demographic that really love this song and might not like something else. They just yeah. like, the, you know, the way that you wrote it, the topic that you're writing about. What kind of pressure did that add to you? Like knowing that, OK, I have this dedicated fan base now because of this song, but I'm working on this debut EP. Like, how am I going to do it? It's it. There's definitely pressure, and I'm not gonna say that there isn't pressure. But for me, my biggest battle every day in the studio is leaving the outer world outside of the studio, yeah. and so um, I think it's just a human thing to feel that pressure. And it's a it's a it's definitely a real worry of mine that that people won't stick around for me, and they'll just stick around for one of the songs. Mm -hmm. But that's not something that I can that I can keep in mind while I'm working on the music because if I was to do that, the music would be very. I, th I feel like that would come through in the sound. And so I try to just leave it all at the door and just make music for what it is and experience that feeling of making music and then step back out of it and think, okay, how, how would that work on TikTok? Like yeah. all of that can, can still happen. And the pressure is very much felt outside of the studio, but in inside the studio, that's like my little safe bubble. Yeah. Now with this process of the EP, like what do you feel that you learned about yourself during this that you didn't know about with your previous material or even just like songwriting or even vocally? That's a that's a great question. I think I learned I learned a lot about how I feel now after Chronically Cautious. Like a lot of those feelings are things that I don't think about on a day-to-day -day basis because you just kind of push them out of your mind because like that like I said the pressure um is is there and you have to just work through it. But excuse me. With the EP um I really learned my my deepest feelings inside of me of of, of like who am I now and what's happened and 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 how how am I the same? Where am I going? Like I, I really started analyzing the people around me and the the environment around me and understanding how I feel about that environment is, I think is really important for moving forward and especially at the start of a, of a career that's 
you know, hopefully very long. Um, it, it's just getting a really good understanding of how that affects me is really important, I think. And when it comes to vulnerability, is that something that you feel comfortable doing from the beginning of, of the writing process? Or is that something that you kind of have to work your way to be comfortable before you can actually like release or even like even write a full song? Um, I've, I feel very comfortable being vulnerable and I, I didn't always feel that way. And especially when I first started writing with other people, like talking, talking about my feelings was difficult. I've been able to sing about my feelings for forever, but just speaking about them in the room was difficult and it's not anymore. And I'm really happy about that. Um, I feel like it's, it's bigger than just how I feel about a certain thing or how I think that I'm perceived in the room. I feel like it's more, um, if I'm feeling this way, it's more important to me to just communicate that feeling and write the best song about it because there's a good chance that other people feel that way as well. Yeah. Um, and so I've really just kind of let go of that whole insecurity thing about being vulnerable. Was there a particular lyric on this EP that was difficult um, or even an entire song off of this EP that was difficult because you couldn't find the right lyric for it? Um, I think Fair With The Friends was, was it, it was, a, it was we wrote it quickly and it was good. And there was points where we got stuck on it. But the, the part that was the most difficult about Fair With The Friends was figuring out how how to say what I wanted to say and figure out like the exact message, you know what I mean? And, and I think it's just because it's the most meaningful song to me where if you're dealing with really intense subject matter, it's going to be harder to articulate like yeah. how you really feel inside. But it, I, cause I've, I've never written a song about that, you know? Um, and so I think since it was very new territory, it was more difficult, but, um, all of them, like, I feel like my best songs tend to flow out of me mm -hmm. and most of like pretty much all of them did flow out of me because <laughs> that typically makes them a keeper, you know? Um, but yeah, probably fair of the friends was the most difficult to, to write about. So this has been a really big year for you from, you know, from social media to this, the signing to now this debut EP. Can we look forward to maybe like some touring, some performances coming, uh, for either the remainder of this year or maybe like for the upcoming year? Absolutely. I'm wanting to do all of that. I just did my first show in Nashville, um, like my first U.S. show, I guess, my, my own U.S. show in Nashville. <laughs> and it was amazing. Um, I'm, I'm working on a live show right now and we're planning. Uh, we're looking at some opening slots. I want to headline some of my own shows. But I'm really excited to perform and, and drop more music. And I think just expect a lot of activity from me this year because yeah. I want to really dive into this headfirst. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to hang out thank with so me. me. Guys, be sure to check out Braden Bale's debut EP, Nomad, is out now. And thanks for watching on Front Row Live. Hey, it's Rob again. If you enjoyed this interview, please follow for more. And I invite you to head over to my YouTube channel, Front Row Live ENT, where I have thousands of video interviews with my favorite new and established artists. Once again, thank you for tuning in and have a great night.